Hello, my customer success friends. Irit Hezips here for CSM Practice, the customer success consulting firm. And welcome to our podcast where we talk about customer success strategies, tactics, and techniques. For example, customer success managers, God bless them. They sometimes run into difficult situations where they have to deal with difficult conversations with clients. Sometimes we may or may not handle that conversation in the best manner possible. Sometimes what we need to do is to provide those CSM some coaching. So whether you are a customer success manager or a CSM team leader, I think you're going to find this podcast episode very interesting because it introduces a framework on how to handle these hard conversations with clients when those situations arise. And I've invited this time, not a customer success professional, but a communication coach that works with corporates and other businesses to help them navigate through these conversations and equip those teams with better skills. Her name is Ifad Barkol Grecht. She's located in Israel, but she works a lot with any companies in Israel and in Europe and even in the U.S. Ifad, shalom and welcome. Hi, Ari. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited. The reason I, I brought you is because I noticed you had this presentation at the customer conference in Tel Aviv in 2023. And it had this really interesting title, which is how to handle hard conversations and how to unpack tough stuff. First of all, I wanted to ask, you deal with customer success teams and you help them a lot amongst other teams, of course. If somebody's listening to this conversation, what is their main takeaway? They're going to walk out of it. So it's a good spend of their time. Handling a relationship with your clients is like every other relationship. So first thing is to understand this is a long-term relationship and the responsibility to facilitate it and to help it evaluate is our responsibility. So this is the first takeaway. Secondly, we will understand how to avoid traps in the conversation and how to handle the conversation better and how to create safety and whose responsibility is creating safety in the conversation. Safety for whom? The CSM or the client? I think it's mutual. I think when you don't feel safe, then it's hard to create a useful conversation. And when you don't create safety for the other side, then the consequences are clear. Maybe you can share a story that can highlight a situation where a customer success team, whether it's a leader or a CSM, might be running into trouble because they don't have the right communication skills. Did that ever happen to you where you coached and they sort of kind of got in trouble? I remember this uh, team leader that uh, was asking for his uh, team for this report. He was supposed to receive it on a weekly basis. The first week, he doesn't get the report on time. And there are many excuses. He didn't have time. There are so many tasks to do to perform. Second week, same situation, different excuses. He started receiving this report, but not on time. And he has to report to his managers. Okay. So he's in a very, very bad situation in front of his managers. So after the third week, things are not going very well. Now we have to conduct this conversation. So what shall we talk about? Are we talking about the report? Why does it happen? If we're going to fall to this trap, there will be a lot of excuses in the conversation. 
what we should do is step out of this situation and conversation and do something different in order to get different results. Did you help him kind of like fix, turn that ship around and fix that situation? So first thing I asked him, did you have a conversation with the team? And the answer is, of course, I had a few of them and what they look like. Each and every conversation looked the same. So we are approaching here what we call a deja vu conversation. If you had this conversation more than once, it's a deja vu conversation, you're not resolving the issue. So we have to stop talking about the content or the issue. And now we have to start talking about the pattern. Say something like that. Irit, I realize this is the third time that you're not providing the report on time. And I know there have been many, many reasons, but what it causes me is that I don't feel safe. I have to pad my estimation, like to tell you that I need the report on Tuesday while I need it on Thursday. It actually causes me a lot of problems. Now, what will happen? Irit will start talking to me about what? About each and every case. So we go back to the content while I'm trying to speak about the pattern and what it causes to our relationship. And what might happen to me is that I will fall into the same trap. Why do we speak about the content while we have to speak about the pattern? Because it's easier for you and it's easier for me. So unintentionally, I fall into the same trap. And then we go back to why in this case it happened and why the first week and the second one and the third one. So the tool is speak about the content once. If it happened more than once, this is a deja vu conversation. Now you have to speak about the pattern, which leads to speak about the relationship. This is a great example for any leader in any team. And certainly I got a lot out of it. I think when we come in with awareness and the right intentions, we actually can control the narrative of the conversations versus getting looped into talking about the actual content versus the pattern of behavior that we want to address as leaders and, and truly fix this once and for all. So thank you for that. That's a great example. A lot of CSMs actually work with their team managers and something similar can happen, but they also work with clients. So when you coach customer success managers around their communication style with clients, what do you teach them around what clients want? They want three things. First of all, I want to feel that the conversation is pleasant. You're kind to me. It reflects actually the emotional stage of the conversation. Secondly, and I think this is the most important thing, I want to feel that you care about me. I want to feel your intention, even though maybe you cannot provide a solution yet. And the third part, of course, I want you to create value for me. I want you to be a value creator and I want a solution. What would be the most important part of this triangle? And maybe let's take another situation. A customer calls the CSM and he's arguing that for the two months, he's not receiving the feature that he was promised. And we know that we cannot provide the solution. We know that the salesperson was overselling, he was overpromising, and now we are under delivering. Okay, we know that for sure. So I cannot create value now. You have to understand the situation. The situation is that the client, uh, the customer 
is very frustrated. He doesn't look good in front of his organization, in front of his manager. So there is a lack of safety now. I don't feel safe because I don't believe that you care about me. You're saying actually, so when a client has an extreme situation, maybe they're dealing with an outage, maybe there's a technical issue that they requested to solve and it hasn't been solved in a long time. What you're saying is that at the end of the day, it's human to human interactions and they don't really hold the CSM responsible for the technical issues. But what they expect from the CSMs in that moment is to give them a sense of safety. And a sense of safety is when the CSMs can relay back to the customer, I really understand your situation. I have empathy for your situation. I care about your situation. And then you said the other thing that they want to know is what is the CSM proposed to do about the situation so that there's some sort of like a solution or a behavior. So between providing an understanding of what is happening to actually proposing a solution, is there another element that we need to make sure, like how do we make people feel like we care about them or how do we make people feel like we are kind to them? How do I make someone feel that I'm kind to him? It actually reflects my emotional stage. If I feel good in this situation, if I see the client, if I'm relaxed, it will reflect in the way I approach So if you're not kind and you're not pleasant, then go to your inner self and maybe your inner belief and maybe your interpretation of what's happening here and ask yourself, what do I need in order to be more calm, more relaxed, more kind? In your three-dimensional effective conversation framework, you said bring value. That's the solutioning, et cetera. You said you care about me. That's me relaying to you that I understand your intentions, that I that I am going to propose a solution about that and echoing your issue to back to you. But kindness, that's kind of tricky. There's nothing necessarily like you could be polite, but that doesn't necessarily relay kindness. Kindness has a lot to do with emotions and emotions are evoked by your demeanor. And you say, come relaxed, even though the other person is in a storm, you can bring up a more quiet demeanor. Secondly, we actually had a video with another communication specialist that actually talked about kind eyes and how can you actually be more effective in your communication. But for example, looking at the eye of the video camera, thinking positive thoughts about the other person that's on the other line while you're talking to them. And people can actually sense these kind of things. I'm going to include the link below to that other call as well, because I think it was all about how to be kind and present and less about the resolution of a difficult situation like you're bringing here, which I think is absolutely outstanding. So the other question that I asked was, how can you make a client or a team member feel safe in a conversation? We talk about kindness. We talked about bringing value, about relaying that we care about them. How do you cause safety. First of all, we have to understand that when there is a lack of safety, then fear and anxiety take center stage. What are the client's concern? My concern is that you don't understand me, my emotional need or my practical need. And the emotional need comes before the practical. Secondly, you don't have my best interest at heart. 
I don't believe that you care about me. What's going to happen if you're not providing the solution and I'm going to go back to my organization and deal with it? Then there is a fear transformation. If we don't deal with the fear and with the lack of safety, then fear turns into anger. And this is the stage where the conversation gets hard and difficult, which we would like to avoid. So if you would like to avoid this fear stage, then you have to deal with the safety first. Maybe signs of how you realize there is a scarcity of safety. You had the exact same conversation before. We call it the je vu conversation. So something is not working. The other sign is that the dialogue crashes into two monologues. Now each of us is engaged in conveying their own message. We don't listen. Okay, we just want to convince the other side. And a very, very important sign that emotions are escalating during the conversation, meaning the conversation is not resolving the issue. What's next then? Once you identify the other person is feeling anxious, or maybe they're already in the anger mode of the unsafe state of mind, how do you rebuild safety and what do you do next as a CSM? After I realized that there is a lack of safety, what I can do is recreate safety. In order to do that, I have to step out of the conversation. It's repeating itself. It doesn't go anywhere. Emotions are escalating. Now I have to do something different. So I step out of the conversation, meaning I don't leave the room, but I don't talk about the content anymore. I don't talk about the feature that the customer doesn't have for two months chasing us. So I talk about the conversation itself. I address the elephant in the room if there is one. If uh, there are concerns, I address them and I step out of the dual monologue conversation. And now I use a tool and it's called the unplanned effect. I start with the unintended consequences because I would like to remind our audience the customer feels lack of safety. He feels that he, someone doesn't have his best interest at heart and now we have to fix it. So our intention, usually intuitively, what we do is saying we try to fix it. And the unplanned effect touches what we didn't mean to happen. So we don't start with what I actually meant in the conversation. I start with actually what I didn't mean to happen. Irit, I didn't mean to give you the feeling that I don't care about you. I didn't mean to not answer those two emails that you sent me to make you feel that nobody is taking care of your request. I didn't mean it to happen. I'm so sorry. Why is it so important? It's important because here you touch the concerns, the anxiety, the things that I feel fear about it. And only afterwards, this is where you will be open to hear what I meant, to go to my manager and to take some time to try to resolve the issue because I know that in the just the classic way, it wouldn't have happened. So I wanted to take the time. So I'm really sorry for not communicating it because I didn't want you to feel neglected. I wanted to take the space to take care of it. I actually like that pattern and this order of communication because... As you were saying, I felt validated. You said my name and then you apologize for something specific that, by the way, never happened. But 
I still felt very comforted. Like you were listening to me in some conversation we've never had. So I actually think that it's highly effective. First, address the elephant in the room, repeat what they had said that they had concerns about, even use exact words like this mirroring technique. I think be very helpful here saying their name, all of that in this moment gave me a sense of reassurance that you're present, that you want to validate something that I may have said at some point. And I felt heard and I was much more relaxed, even though we're not having a fight at the moment. Okay. So after you validated, you said my name, you repeated exactly what I had said. You validated what you did not mean. Then you go into what you did mean. So, but now I'm already relaxed because I feel heard and I'm open to hear something else. In this manner, are you taking control over the conversation and not in a bad thing? You're stepping out of the whirlpool, the storm that was created. You're calm the storm and then you step out of the storm, creating a different situation, if you will. This is exactly what I'm doing. And now this is a time to go back to the conversation that we stepped out of, and now we recreate the mutual agenda. Our purpose is to take care of this feature that we're trying to do that for the last two months unsuccessfully. And so this is our mutual joint mission. So now we recreate a mutual agenda, and only when we have a mutual agenda, so you now feel that I do have your best interest at heart, now it's, it's the time to solve it, to recreate the solution. Do you feel like when we're reconstructing the agenda, is there something specific we should be very careful as, either as CSMs or anybody that's dealing with that difficult situation where the person may be just starting to feel safety? How should we construct this new conversation topic we're addressing now and we're trying to shift the conversation into something more productive and constructive? I can think about two paths. First one is my advice is always look inside of you and ask yourself if you care because it's something you will not be able to fake. If I don't care about you, you will find out sooner or later, probably sooner. So try to find channels that you can actually create authentic feeling for your client. Now is the time to focus on a practical solution taking into consideration the emotional need because the client, as we said, they have a practical need, but they all also have the emotional need. And we don't have to deal it only once. You have to deal it along the way all the time because they are dealing with a very, very difficult situation. They're safe home. So this is uh, what we have to do. Well, I hope that anybody that has a team of CSMs that constantly deal with difficult discussions is going to listen to this video and all of your great advice and excellent framework, have the team listen to it together and start practicing it. Guys, like I said, if you get stuck, this is why I bring these experts in is that if you do look for a coach that can help your team with their communication skills, Ifat is an amazing person. She's so lovely. In person, I don't know if you got that vibe from here or not, but I'm telling you, she's just absolutely incredible. Highly recommend working with her and I get nothing out of it. So well, I wanted to share all the resources that I can with you guys so that you can have an amazing job, an amazing work experience, and that you love coming to work every single day. 
Ifat, uh, thank you so much for sharing your experience and expertise and coming to the show today. Thank you, Rita. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. All right, guys, if you enjoyed this video, give it a like. If you have questions for Ifat, type it in the comments below and then check out the video description and the podcast episode description for a link to connect with Ifat if you have more questions or you need any help. And with that, I'll see you at the next video.